Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Locked On Braves, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network and our friends at Rock Auto and our new friends at CBDMD, here to bring you everything you need. CBM, CBDMD here to help you relax and take care of any topical needs, any muscle aches, whatever you need. Rock Auto here to help your car the way your car is always helping you in the Locked On Podcast Network, giving you your favorite shows about your favorite teams every day or thereabouts in this 60-game season. So before we get started into the baseball stuff, because there is a lot to cover today and not a lot of time to do it. I first wanted to take some time out to thank everybody that congratulated me on the birth of our son. Uh, Carter Maddox came in very healthy, 6 pounds, 15 ounces, looking like a champ, sleeping. Uh, it's been a little bit of a, a weird road for me. Uh, days tend to have run together. Like I did not realize today was already Wednesday, for example, but uh, the early fatherhood starting to be uh, very, very fun. Looking forward to raising the eventual greatest of all time, the number one Braves fan of all time, and what have you. So thank you to everybody who reached out. Be prepared for a lot of baby pictures of Carter over the next few months as we uh, get him really used and really adjusted to uh, to Braves baseball. Now on to the baseball portion of the show, because there is a ton to get to. Yes, we're going to talk about Mike Fultonevich. Yes, we're going to talk about some people's favorite player coming back, not my player, but you guys know who we're going to talk about. Got a lot to discuss. First of all, opening day with the Mets versus the Braves. Braves got DeGromed, which, not that surprising, Jacob DeGrom is the best pitcher in Major League Baseball, and for my money, a top three player in Major League Baseball, I would probably put him as high as the number two player right behind Mike Trout. Probably my favorite overall player in baseball. I know I'm not supposed to say that about a Met, but with DeGrom, it's so true. Everything he does is so incredible, man. Um, No shame in losing that one. One good takeaway is Mike Soroka, the youngest opening day starter in Atlanta Braves history. Went toe-to-toe with Jacob DeGrom, actually outlasted him by an inning, and pitched fantastically. As a matter of fact, the only run scored that game was a solo homer of Juana Cespedes off of Chris Martin. Braves come back in Game 2 behind Max Fried, get the win in that game. Max looked really good at times. Uh, Didn't quite have his his best command, but for his first start, looked pretty good. Started to tire a little bit the fifth inning, but uh, first time through, it's it's to be expected. His first real game action in a while that wasn't inter-squad. Uh, really, really looking forward to seeing what Soroka and Max can do as the one and two in this rotation. And for future, future down the line, those two are for sure the answers that Braves fans have been looking for. Dansby Swanson, Marcel Azuna, uh, both big, big year for Dansby. This is a very important year for him. And he started out exactly the way you wanted to see him start out. He's ripping the cover off the ball, not having that same bad, that same bad, bad luck that he's had the last few seasons. I've got some theories on that, but I don't really have time today to dig into that. I might save that for another show on an off day or something. Uh, but Marcelo Zuna, good to see him actually absolutely tearing the cover off the ball offensively. Defensively, it hasn't been amazing. Um, some some bad routes and stuff like that. But uh, offensively, he's he's been one of the few guys to actually contribute and kind of carrying the team. But that's where all the good news ends. Unfortunately, the rest of the rotation has not looked good. Sean Newcomb. The Braves got the win behind Sean Newcomb. They scored 14 runs. 
He did not look good at all, looked to be struggling a lot, had Rick Kranitz come out to the mound. Even Brian Snicker came out to the mound to talk to him, which is not something that I recall seeing very much at all. It's not really a good sign when your head coach is out there to try to settle you down. Uh, Braves ended up losing both catchers for most of it, um, Travis Darno and Tyler Flowers, over concerns of the coronavirus. They were sent back to Atlanta despite testing negative because they were showing symptoms, which meant Alex Jackson and William Contreras were the two catchers, the two mainstays. Alex Jackson... Has been has quickly gone from being a bat first guy when he was drafted to being a glove first guy. This is a guy who's really really upped his defensive level behind the plate. It's very impressive what he's been able to do in such a short time behind the plate. He's gotten to be a really good receiver, has a really really good arm. Got his first hit yesterday, as a matter of fact. So congrats to Alex Jackson. Um, offensively, he's he's not much offensively. He's got big power, uh, but he might have the lowest hit tool I've ever graded. Uh, it's a, a, a true 20 on the 2080 scale. It might be the lowest hit tool I've ever actually seen, but it was good to see him get his first hit, and when he hits the ball, it goes very far. William Contreras, on the other hand, comes up, and the reports about him through camp were rave about his defense. been working with his brother Wilson basically throughout the entire quarantine. It looks really, really good. Put on a lot of good muscle. He's been tearing the cover off the ball offensively. Looked very good defensively as well. A couple balls that have gotten past him that might not have gotten past Darno. I'd say Flowers, but he has an issue with pass balls anyway. But it's good to see both of them. Good to see William Contreras able to make a, a contribution like that this early. This is a big year for him after the after drafting Shea Langoliers last year. William was kind of becoming an afterthought. Didn't have the season he wanted to in the minors. Good to see him take advantage of his opportunity. Uh, hopefully we'll get to see him a little bit more often. Um, for the rest of the team, Freddie Freeman has not started out well. Ronald Acuna started off super slow, although last night he hit some balls really hard. Last couple games he's hit some balls really, really hard. Looks like he might be starting to get his timing. The issue, and it's a weird issue, the Braves haven't been able to hit fastballs this year. They've been getting absolutely torched by the fastball. Leads me to believe that it's more just getting timing back, and, and pitchers are kind of supposed to be ahead of the hitters right now. Because last year the Braves were one of the best fastball-hitting teams in baseball. I mean, just between Acuna and Albies and Austin Riley and Dansby Swanson, Freddie Freeman, those are guys that just don't miss fastballs. And, and right now, a lot of them are, are kind of missing. I expect that to, to kind of get fixed as we go a little bit longer. But this is not a long season. There's not a lot of time for, for teams to figure out what's going on. And with that in mind, the Braves have had a, a few issues already trying to sort some stuff out. We have the return of... One infamous player, Nick Markakis, who opted out of the season at the beginning of the year, has decided uh, that he's going to opt back in, says he he felt like he kind of betrayed the team a little bit and, and wanted to be out there with the guys. And while in a vacuum, I don't mind having Markakis if he's utilized correctly. This is an un, this is a problem for me that it's a problem that we didn't have to have. It's going the, the lineup was snicker proof. It was. It was finally the perfect roster to have a manager who has an unnatural attachment to mediocre bench bats. But unfortunately, now that you've brought in Nick Marcakis, I have a feeling, I hope I'm wrong, I really hope I'm wrong, but I, I kind of have a feeling this is going to screw up what we've been seeing uh, between Mark, uh, between the Camargo and Riley types of platoons where Riley's already played a game in the outfield, Camargo's played two at third, uh, he's, he's come off the bench a couple times too, and, and Snickerhead's done through the first five games a really good job of rotating people around. Matt Adams has been absolutely awesome. Uh, Hitting as the DH played first base yesterday, so Freddie could get a rest playing DH. Ozuna's already filtered in from left field to DH. He'd been doing a really good job of moving people around to keep people, you know, keep their legs fresh and keep them from getting tired. This is going to be the real test, though, because Snicker loves him some Nick Markakis, and if he comes in and Markakis starts playing left field every day and goes right into being starter all time against righties on the mound. 
that's going to bring the Braves down. That's not a good thing. I know there's a lot of people like Marcakis. I know for whatever weird reason, he's got this weird cult following behind him. But at this point in his career, Marcakis is not the guy that you should be looking at to jumpstart your offense. I understand the Braves have had a lot of strikeouts, but Marcakis, just because you don't strike out, doesn't mean that you're productive. Like, just because you put the ball in play does not mean it was a positive outcome. Just because you managed to roll the ball over to second base, that out still counts the exact same as that strikeout. So, um, hopefully Marcakis is able to rediscover some little form for a little bit of time. He can pull a 2018 first half where he was absolutely raking. Hopefully he can do that over the course of time because I've got a bad feeling that Marcakis being added back means basically the end of this kind of platoon swap, this, this versatility between Camargo and Riley. Uh, unfortunately, I think that means Camargo is going to be the one that gets the short end of the stick. And for that, I kind of hope that they just go ahead and trade him. Uh, it's a guy that he's never really had a shot here. I'm not sure why he had, they brought in Jose Bautista after he had that breakout when he came up in 2017, rolled with Bautista for a while until it just became glaringly obvious that Bautista and Ryan Flaherty both sucked. And then Camargo lit the world on fire with a three and a half war season. Fast forward to 2019, Josh Donaldson is brought in. Camargo is thought to be a super utility piece. Did not take to that as well as a lot of people were hoping, myself included. Did not perform very well, got sent down. Looked like he'd figured some things out when he came back up. Unfortunately, uh, fractured his shin in the fr- in, within like the first couple games of him being back up. Um, missed the rest of that season. Coming into this season was a big year for Camargo as he's a very, very important piece. I've said before, he reminds me a lot of a Martin Prado type as a guy that can play a lot of different spots. Now the Braves don't really give Ozzy Albies days off. So you kind of hurt his versatility a little bit, but he's a guy that can play four or five or six positions. You just have to be dedicated to doing it. And unfortunately I think the addition of Marcakis is going to kind of screw Riley and, or screw Camargo and probably screw Adam Duvall a little bit too, as this is going to take away some of Adam Duvall's playing time. And it's going to screw Matt Adams because Ozuna is going to be in the DH a lot more often when, when, uh, Nick is in the lineup, which means Matt Adams isn't going to play. So I'll be very interested. I'm, I'm very hopeful that Snicker will will manage this right, but uh, we'll have to see in the coming days. We've also got some bigger news. You guys have already heard about it. We'll talk about it coming up in the second segment. How how the stars can align and the fortunes can change so fast for some of these guys in these rebuilds, and and you start to see the the weeding out of a lot of these guys brought along when the rebuild first came about we'll talk about that picture coming up next right here on locked on braves it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete a stay-at-home parent or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair everyone needs support to make it through the day this is dylan short from locked on braves telling you about our good friends at cbdmd they have an amazing duo that can help you relax regroup and recharge your batteries when life gets chaotic CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6. Not sure what Arnica is, but it sounds pretty awesome to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all of our listeners 25% off the next order when you use promo code locked on MLB at checkout. Once again, go to cbdmd.com, promo code locked on MLB for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Hey, everybody, it's Dylan from Locked On Braves here to tell you about my good friends at rockauto.com. Your car is a very big part of your life, it gets you everywhere you need to go from work to pleasure. Basically, everything in your life revolves around your car. Sometimes cars need to get fixed. So, my good buddies over at rockauto.com know this and they make it easy for you. They're a family owned business serving auto parts customers 
was online for 20 years. They've got everything from engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Just write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. An amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Go to rockauto.com today. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show, brought to you by Rock Auto and our friends at CBDMD. So, before the break, I said we were going to talk about Mike Fultonevich, and that's what we're going to spend this segment on, as well as taking a look at what I hope to see out of the rotation uh, the rest of this season and a little bit farther down the road. So, everybody knows by now Mark Fultonev- or Mike Fultonevich after another abysmal showing where he was averaging 88.4, I believe was the number of miles per hour on his fastball, which is legitimately seven or eight miles per hour under what he was a season ago. The Braves have DFA'd Mike, which means they have, I want to say, seven days, I think it's a week, to trade him or pass him through waivers to get him to AAA, although I believe Mike can refuse the assignment if he doesn't have any options left. I'm not entirely sure on how that goes. Um, but for for... What, what everybody needs to know is that's not a good sign. Right after your first start of the season, immediately gets DFA'd, and it was a bad start. The fastball was was slower. Um, there's been a lot of concern with the way Mike looks. He's lost a lot of weight, uh, looks very skinny. Now, I'm not going to speculate on any personal things that may be going on. That's I don't feel that that's a smart thing to do. I mean, you're certainly allowed your opinion. I don't feel it does any service to anybody to speculate on things like that. Like I see some people saying another Tommy Hansen. Uh, I think Honestly, I think that that's, that's not a good thing to speculate on, especially publicly. You're allowed to, to, to think whatever you want privately, but that's not something that you should put out there publicly, especially if it's true. Um, what I will say is listening to Alex Anthopoulos talk on 680 The Fan kind of seems like that's probably that's an issue that they have with Fulty coming into a few different seasons is, is that the trainers have to work with him really hard to put weight on and to keep weight on. Um, the other issue with Fulty's is it's just been such an up-and-down tenure with the Braves. If you take out 2018, where he was an all-star and was absolutely spectacular and looked like he was about to announce himself as one of the better pitchers in the National League, if you take that year out, he's been really bad pretty much the entire time. He's been inconsistent, hasn't been able to put guys away, doesn't get a lot of strikeouts for his type of stuff, and now you factor in that he's not throwing hard either. That's not a recipe for success. And you look at, at the guy and, and the, the struggles of Mike Fultonevich on the mound mentally, I mean, those are very well documented. He's a guy that gets, he's very emotional. Uh, he, he gets up in his own head. He, he'll get very angry. And you can see the body language is very, very bad at times. And I think it's one of those things that the Braves have just decided that it may work out for him, but it's not going to work out for him here. And, and they, they're going to look to trade him. I would imagine they'll find some sort of taker. Somebody will look at that 2018 and say, hey, we can fix him. Uh, he's not worth 
what he would have been after 2018 when a lot of people, myself included, were, were talking about, hey, this would probably be a good time to shop around his value. Instead, they kind of did the same thing they did to Julio Tehran, which after the 2016 season, Julio Tehran was looking like you could get uh, a Jorge Soler type for him. Or even at one point, we're talking to Boston and there were people, and I'm saying people as if it wasn't myself, who were saying if you don't get Rafael Devers, then <laughs> then don't trade Julio to Boston because he had that good of a season. There were people that thought um, getting Andrew Benintendi for Julio Tehran was a bad deal. Well, unfortunately, that's kind of the way it ended up working out for Fulte, too, is the Braves didn't sell high, and they've been chasing that 2018 ever since. Um, I hope it works out for Mike. By all accounts, he's a good dude. Um does a lot behind the scenes, charity-wise. This is a business, though, and if, if you can't pitch enough to win, then you can't be on my squad, especially if I've got you know eight, nine, ten other guys behind you who aren't going to be any worse and could be significantly better. So I hope it works out for Mike somewhere else. I hope the Braves are able to find a decent acquisition because right now the pitching rotation not looking so good. Kyle Wright went yesterday, started off good. First time through the order looked incredible. His his slider is very is beautiful, pumping that fastball up 95, 96. Uh, really, really good sequencing with that slider to get a lot of swing and miss. Unfortunately, the second time through the order, looked like he lost a grip on the ball. You're not allowed to lick your fingers, which is something that Kyle Wright likes to do. Uh, tried to use the rosin bag, didn't work out for him this time. He acknowledged it in the postgame, uh, said he just kind of lost his release point, lost his grip on the ball, and it kind of didn't come out well. Probably when he started sweating a little bit, it was probably pretty humid. Um, that That's kind of when everything unraveled for him, and that one, that third inning was really, really bad news for him. Uh, ends up giving up, I think it was three runs from him, and Tomlin gave up two or something, something along those lines. Ended up giving up five runs uh, in total. But that's one of those things with Kyle Wright that that's been kind of the missing piece for him. Uh, he's really good the first time through when he's able to just work his fastball and slider and he doesn't have to worry about sequencing as much. The issue comes in when he goes to that second time through the order. And it's one of those reasons why two-pitch guys, generally speaking, don't work out as starters. Now, Kyle has four pitches. Really, he's got five. But he's got four pitches that he's comfortable using. I didn't see him use a lot of the changeup and little... Little perplexed about that. I, I get the third inning just didn't go well, but uh, you can't live off being fastball slider and being a starter. That's that's a that's a reliever piece, and that's why there was a lot of concern when the Braves selected Kyle Wright. Um, usually, when you get guys that are college seniors, you expect them to be almost plug and play. The question is usually, what's the upside? Well, a guy like Kyle Wright, he never has quite had consistent command, and especially hasn't had it of his off speed pitches. Uh, unfortunately, he can get kind of knocked around a little bit when he starts losing his command. I also don't think it's just Kyle Wright. I think it's one of the things I've noticed with the Braves in particular. They really struggle to put guys away, and I think a lot of it is they don't sequence the way that you would expect Major League pitchers to sequence when you're trying to get swinging strikes. You don't see them bury a lot of curveballs down. They throw a lot of pitches in the zone, and that's not a good thing. Like It's good because you don't want to walk people. But if you live exclusively in the zone, you're gonna get you're gonna hit, you're gonna get hit hard because hitters are gonna know you're throwing strikes. They're not. You need to be outside the zone enough to where you want to throw off their timing, where they can't predict that where you're throwing it's going to be a strike, that they have to kind of think for a second. And that'll throw them off just enough to where you can get some of those mistake pitches by them. If everything you throw is in the zone, your mistake pitches are going to get crushed 100% of the time. And unfortunately, that's that's a trend with a lot of the young Braves pitchers. It's been a trend with the Braves for a long time, really probably since about 2017, 2018. They don't put away batters. I'm not sure why they don't have that philosophy. I don't know if it's they just don't like the catcher's abilities to drop and block, but they don't do it with Alex Jackson. They haven't been doing it with William Contreras. We haven't seen them throw to Darno, but they haven't done it to Tyler Flowers. They didn't really do it with McCann either last year. They don't bury a lot. They don't throw a lot of junk pitches, which 
you don't want to run up your own pitch counts, but if all you throw is in the strike zone exclusively, you're going to run up your pitch counts too because you're not going to be able to put guys away. Uh, that's something that I'm going to look to change. I'm going to look, hopefully look to change going forward. Uh, that's something that I would hope Alex can notice himself. He's got a lot of very smart people around him. Alex himself is very, very smart. I'm, I'm sure he's noticed that trend. If we're talking about it, I'm sure he's noticed it as well. But that does not explain away what happens now with Fulton Evich. With Fulton Evich being gone, uh, Tuki Toussaint will be taking his spot. Tuki, the line didn't look great, but his numbers, if you look after his first little shaky batters, they, they looked really, really good. Didn't quite have command of the offspeed, and that could just be because Tuki had COVID as well. It's been a little bit of a, a shorter start for him getting ready, so Tuki will get the first crack at Fulte's rotation spot. Newcomb is going to be on the bubble because if Newcomb goes out and has another bad start, he's back in the bullpen. And if he goes back in the bullpen, he's back there for good. Uh, I'm actually kind of expecting that to happen. Kyle Wright will get another return through the rotation. Snicker said today that he thinks the young guys just need to go out there and keep pitching. Remember Tucker Davidson. I've talked about him a ton. That's the guy. Tucker Davidson is the guy that as soon as he gets a shot, I have a good feeling he's going to grab that spot and he's going to hold on to it for a long time. What people are hoping to get from Sean Newcomb, a big-bodied lefty who looks like he can eat innings and run the ball 95-plus and have a, a big hammer of a curveball, that's Tucker Davidson, except Tucker is a much better pitcher and can command his pitches in the zone better. A lot of the problem with Newcomb is, one, he'll lose location, but two, he doesn't command high and low very well. Where it goes is kind of just where it goes. He's not really good at spotting up where he wants to go. Tucker's much better at doing that. And Tucker's a guy that I think everything we've been hoping for with Sean Newcomb is what we'll get for Tucker Davidson. Nothing bad about Newcomb. Newcomb is an outstanding reliever. Just Some guys just aren't starters. And like I've mentioned before when we were talking about Fulton Evich, you don't have the luxury here to be bad for a year or two and to keep being bad and still hold on to your spot because there's so many guys who are at the same level right below you waiting for you to mess up so they can take that spot. And maybe that's the thing with Newcomb. Maybe it's totally mental with him. Maybe it's the fact that he's always having to look over his shoulder. I don't know because if you look at his numbers as a reliever and you look at his numbers as a starter, they are totally, totally different. He could just be an Andrew Miller type. Some guys are just that way. Um, One thing's for sure. If he goes about it again, he gets replaced, which I do think will happen. Uh, I don't want to hear any more talk of, hey, I, I wish I was a starter because he's, he's been given, Newcomb has been given more opportunities to be a starter than any of these other young guys. Uh, I think uh, he, this this is the moment for him. He's got to nut up or shut up, and uh, hopefully for Sean Newcomb and for the Sean Newcomb fans, he'll put it all together because he does have an electric arm. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I think Tucker's the better bet going forward, but I'm excited to see the next rotation through when I can see Soroka and Freed and Tucker Davidson and Kyle Wright and Tuki Toussaint all in the same rotation. It'll be a nice little look forward. I like that Snickers said he wants to go with the young guys in this abbreviated 2020 season. Winning is always awesome, but in this season, we're not going to look, unless the Braves win it, we're not going to look back on this and be like, yeah, it's a real championship. So this is the perfect opportunity to get these young arms who you're going to be counting on for years and years to come. This is the perfect time to get them real development. If you start looking around the league at who can you bring in, there's not a ton of guys right now that look to be on the market. Uh, maybe a Joe Musgrove from Pittsburgh. They're a bad team, so they might be willing to deal. Uh, if, if you're asking me who I would target, I would look at a Frankie Montas. Oakland always trades everybody. They don't, they don't like to pay anybody. You give them four or five unknown prospects, and they'll give you basically whoever they want. They're going to trade Matt Chapman after this season's over, so see if you can get Montas from them. Uh, but as it is, looking forward tonight to watching uh, Soroka take the hill against old brave Charlie Morton, a guy that I would love to have if he wasn't retiring at the end of the season. Uh, Charlie Morton, a guy that has absolutely insane stuff. It took a while for him to unlock it, but he's one of those guys that if you're a Fulty fan, you look at Charlie Morton and 
you hope that that's what Fulte can kind of turn into and hope he doesn't go the Chris Archer route. Could just be the thoracic outlet as well. The other thing on Fulte that I didn't mention that I really don't want to get into too much is uh, the back and forth with the fans is, is another one of those things that kind of gets off-putting about Fulte where he doesn't seem to take responsibility. He, he tends to blame a lot of other people, and I think Atlanta kind of just got tired of that. There might be some motivation issues. We'll explore that another day, but for now, I'm going to end off with this. Let's go ahead and see how the game ends up going tonight. Braves and Rays, first pitch at 7-10. As the Braves look to even up their season record and... Take one from the Rays after getting swept in Tampa Bay. Look to do the same thing to them here in Atlanta behind Mike Soroka and Max Freed. So thank you guys so much for tuning into the episode. Again, thank you guys so much for all of you who reached out after the birth of Carter. Really, really appreciate it. Really, really, uh, really, really feel the love. Thank you guys so much. We'll be back again tomorrow right here on Locked on Braves. Uh-huh.